Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoyed the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. All right, well, welcome to the Beyond the Call podcast, the podcast in which we cover topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I couldn't be more excited. Joining me today on the podcast is my good friend, Jonathan Spuler of City Hope Church. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Now, tell everybody where you're from. What state are you in right now? Uh, Alabama. Uh, kind of the Mobile area is uh, where City Hope is. I'm not originally from here. I'm a Yankee, but uh, living in the Deep South and loving it. Oh, that's great. So tell us about City Hope. I know a little bit about it, but catch us up to uh, what God's doing in City Hope and what your role is there. I'm an executive pastor here at City Hope. City Hope's a, a church that's just celebrated its 20th uh, anniversary in the last year or so. Uh, we've got five local campuses. Uh, we've got an international campus, four prison campuses, and um, probably a, a great unique thing about us is uh, we just transitioned from the founding pastor um, and uh, handing his church off to his son and having watched church transitions for years um, in a negative light, this has been not easy, difficult, but a, a very positive experience and the church is continuing to grow. So it's been a great season of ministry here at City Oak. That's great. So I love what's happening over there. Your executive pastor role, how did you kind of get into that role? Um, for years, uh, been a campus pastor here um, at the broadcast campus and kind of as we prepared for transition from the founding pastor and the, the church and the size that it gr has grown to, uh, it kind of required a little bit more of a, uh, rather than a one man kind of show um, to our lead pastor, kind of having the vision of uh, building this executive team that basically runs the church as he leads it. And so kind of the areas that I'm over is uh, uh, family ministries, creative ministries and, and really kind of the heartbeat and passion for me personally is staff development. Um, you know, anytime you kind of go sure. to this uh, multi-site model, your ability to develop uh, staff is a big, big deal to sure. the success of, of doing multi-site. And so we recognize that and that's kind of what I do here at City Oak. What makes a great executive pastor? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, it, it, it is that, uh, heart of pastoring, and so uh, which is always going to link back or connect back to it's always about people. I mean, church is a living, breathing organism. Organism, it's about people. Yeah. Um, the executive uh, kind of on the front of pastor would be your ability to kind of view um, how church should be done to make the best impact in, in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, the best impact, um, um, obviously, to meeting the needs of people, equipping the saints, yeah. uh, all of the church. And so there, there is a little bit of that fine line of uh, taking that term, executive pastor. It's right. all about people. 
It's always going to be about people and having a heart for people. The executive side of things are the skills in order to uh, organize, in order to process manage, sure. uh, in order to, uh, I'll throw in there, develop um, at a strategic level to have the maximum impact for your church. That's great. So I've, I've known you for a while now, uh, and I've known you as you were a church planter. I know you as somebody who's on staff. Uh, a lot of people in our listening right now are thinking about planting a church, or they've just become church planters. Love to dig into that story. Talk to me about your church plant. How'd you get that call, and how'd you land where you landed? Well, not to go back too far, but uh, a lot of what my story is, is kind of just birthed in um, I grew up in the church. My wife and I uh, both grew up in church. Um, she had a great church experience, and I grew up in a lousy church. <laughs> and uh, I always uh, kind of knew that um, the local church is the hope of the world and uh, really never thought that ministry or full-time ministry or pastoring was going to be my story, uh, except I just wanted to make church better. And uh, kind of what started me in ministry was to go and help um, uh, a pastor, a friend of mine, um, who for the first time I saw a pastor that I could identify with. And, and really, the, Nathan, the, the disconnect between ministry and pastoring for me was I never saw a pastor I wanted to be. Yeah, sure. And um, What were and, you seeing, Jonathan? What were you seeing that was saying that? Was it, was it stress or unhealthiness? What, what stood out to you? I think it was just an inability to, um, uh, it's almost what we talked about in the executive pastor definition. I saw someone who had a heart for God and a heart for the church and heart for people, but didn't have the skills um, to, to run an organization. And I right. hate, I hate the equating church with organization. I don't believe in that. Uh, I believe what Jesus set up through um, uh, when he left this earth and entrusted his mission to the church. It's, it's not an organization uh, on, in a business sense, but it is There's a an organizational element. Exactly. It's yeah. not an organization, but it's an organizational element. Yeah. And in order to be more, most effective yeah. in taking this, the best story, that the world has ever known, I saw pastors struggling to, uh, on the organizational side, to be effective. And so I saw the frustration of a, of a man standing in, uh, in, a, in a role that had a heart for God, a, a vision from God, and a heart for people, but not having the skill to make that maximum impact. And I just it, it really me finding my way into full-time ministry just really came from number one, the love, love for the local church and believing in it yeah. and knowing that I'm called a local church, but wanting to help a pastor, wanting to help a pastor right. be most effective. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, it kind of progressed from that whole, you know, church planting as a youth pastor on a staff. Mm -hmm. um, God led me then, uh, to be an executive pastor at a huge church where I learned so much about organizational structure and, and how to do church well, which yeah. was, again, the birth of me getting into ministry. And then that kind of led me to 
believing um, that uh, that I, I was to do this thing. And that's kind of where our stories cross yep. is uh, you and I were planting a church, uh, you on one side of the town in Orlando, me on the yep. other side, and, uh, getting to know each other. And, and I learned so much through that process. And, um, but um, uh, the last eight, nine years now, back on a church staff, yeah. really uh, helping a pastor, coming alongside a lead pastor, do church the most effective way possible. And how'd you learn that? A lot of guys, uh, you know, they think the only way they can help, they have that same passion, right? I want to help the church be healthy and, and hit their, their, um, the goals that God's given us and be fruitful. I guess I have to start my own church. Well, you were able to transition, say, you know, I've started a church, but really where I can be best effective, I can actually help somebody else as well. How did that transition happen? How did, what happened to you that said, I see I can, I can bear fruit both ways. Well, probably um, not to get too heady on it. I didn't understand, even though I was in ministry for years before I planted a church, Nathan, I didn't understand the spiritual weight that was on a lead pastor. Yeah. Uh, until after I was a lead pastor. We're a lead pastor. And, <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even know that when I was in it. And sure. it really, God, God dealt with my heart and gave me a, a renewed passion for lead pastors. Um, having lived through the experience of being a lead pastor myself. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then really having a heart again and, and rekindling that idea of, of wanting to come alongside a lead pastor who has vision, who has a love for people and um, helping them um, do church the most effective way possible. When I say do church, I just mean making an impact in community, yeah. seeing lives changed um, and taking this, again, the best, the most awesome message to mankind, um, which is the gospel message of who Jesus is and uh, being able to live that out in the community that you're called to. Yeah. So that, that transition from being a lead pastor to back on a staff, um, really, it wasn't difficult for me yeah. because um, it, it relit something that God spoke to me 20 years ago about yeah. wanting to help the local church be effective. And, um, and, um, and that's, what I get, that's what I've been able to do here at City yeah. over the last eight, eight, nine years. That's great. I think too many people pigeonhole themselves and say the only way that I can make the kingdom effective is to being a lead pastor, right? There's a lot of people that lead pastoring is not the role where they can best serve the local church to achieve its mission. It's coming along somebody. It's joining a staff. It's maybe joining a church planter. You know, somebody who's called to do that. And you just finding a way to add your, I like on baseball, you know, you add your bat to the lineup in the appropriate spot. Next thing you know, you're on a winning team, you know. Um, and, I, and I definitely was one of those that pigeonholed myself too. that the ultimate expression of sure. vision for the local church was for me to lead one. And, um, and God used that in a tremendous way. Like I said, it was a, a, a beautiful journey, but uh, ultimately it led me back to this idea of, of wanting to come alongside a pastor. And so there are people out there that uh, think that that ultimate expression is to lead their own church yeah, and that that is the, uh, the pinnacle of, right. of ministry. And it, I think it's a false narrative um, in the church that, um, and there's great resources out there about how to lead from the second chair and, yeah. and 
you know, titles of books with that, that um, will equip someone um, that they can still have the fulfillment of what God has placed in their heart, uh, not being that lead pastor. Yeah. You know, I learned saying you and I work through very similar stories and I learned that the nobility of my life wasn't my title. It's me being faithful to the yeah. gifts and talents God has called me to and applying those, how he has me apply them. And I remember when the Lord, you know, opened doors and said, your time as being a lead pastor is over. You're supposed to hand this to somebody else and move on. And, and I remember wrestling through and then realizing this is not a demotion. This is the Lord positioning. It's just positioning me where I can bear the most fruit. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you've got a real breadth of experience. You've been a youth pastor. You've been an executive pastor. You've been a church planter. Um, I know that I've come to you a lot to talk to you. You're a great sounding board for lots of people. And you do some coaching, right? Talk to me about development. It seems like you use that word a lot. How do you develop as a pastor, as a person? Uh, how are you helping people do that? I know people are coming to you on that. Yeah, uh, thanks for that. I mean, you've been that in my life as well. Um, uh, the, the gift of encouragement is definitely on you, and I've needed encouragement from you many, many times. But really, uh, you know, the interchangeable words of coaching, development, I mean, ultimately, Nathan, you can, you can use the word disciple. We're supposed right. to go and make disciples. And so many times we, we fail to understand that there is a process to that. Um, and, and, um, and really in the church setting, let me, let me say it like this. Um, there's a reason why 85 plus percent of churches never eclipse that 200 number. Right. And um, many times the downfall there is uh, a lead pastor uh, doing everything. Yeah. And, and not equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. You know, Ephesians 4, uh, 11, Paul outlines to the church of Ephesus, these uh, offices of the local church. Right. And, and, uh, and we all know them as, you know, the apostle, evangelist, pastor, prophet, teacher. Those are to do what? To, why, do, why are those offices in the local church? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Right. And if a lead pastor, and, and this is a whole nother, going back to what you were just sharing about title, if, if, if you pigeonhole your role is to do everything, you're the hired hand uh, to yeah. hired gun for that local church, you're missing uh, a big part of what the church is supposed to be about, and that is equipping the saints. And so um, whether you want to use the word coaching, discipleship, which is more the spiritual side of, of sure. growth, maturing in your faith, but there's also the organizational side, and that is the development. Yeah. And, um, and there is a process to, to developing someone. In, in our instance, Nathan, we found it critical to us expanding the vision of our church. We, we're a multi-site church, and our ability to um, um, send out uh, and build other campuses and send out people to, to launch and start churches. Development is critical um, to that. And there's, I can talk for days about this, but um, I'll, I'll leave you with this. And then if you have a follow-up question about this, that pastor that comes out of a ministry school or comes out of uh, maybe seminary um, is only 
developed in knowledge of pastoring. And we all know through the school of hard knocks, if you just give a, a young 20 something coming out of school sure. uh, to be a pastor, a pastor's role, they're not developed to be a pastor yet. Sure. Um, and uh, it requires more than just knowledge. It requires more than education. And somebody uh, coming alongside of them to help pull that out. That would be the second leg. It Not would be at your early. own mistakes, but you know, having somebody, that's why I say every church planter needs to have a coach, you know, and needs to have a counselor. I say that everybody, everybody's planting needs to have somebody to help them not make their own mistakes and help them keep their spiritual, mental, and emotional health. Like those are just critical roles. Uh, so, so knowledge or, or the education or resourcing is, is one leg of development. The second one is what you just said is relationships. Yep. It's having that mentor. It's having that coach. Uh, it's having that someone to call you out uh, when you're not thinking right or not doing yep. right and allowing someone in your life to do that. That's development. Yep. And the third is what most pastors uh, uh, experience through just the school of hard knocks and it's experience. Yeah. And if you flip that around as, as a pastor, you know, the, the audience that's listening to this podcast now, a leader uh, in your church, a, a pastor, or maybe someone who's looking to, to start a church, um, giving all three of um, uh, resourcing someone to be successful, uh, building a relationship where there's trust, where you are that coach to them, yeah. uh, have the relationship to speak into their life. And then the third is releasing them. And that's often where churches fail in development. Um, um, and they fail on the two ditches, either yeah. releasing someone that's ill-prepared yeah. and is not developed and they have to learn through hard knocks um, or doing some, releasing something that that pastor doesn't want to do, or no one can do it the way I can do it. Yeah. So I won't release it um, and I will do it all. And if you are in that boat, you're not developing the people around you. Yeah. You're actually stifling. Things. You're actually stifling. Yeah. You know, we, we, uh, we have a bookkeeping department here at Star Church, and we, we raise up bookkeepers. And I had one of our bookkeepers come to us this week and say, hey, I really want to join the tax team. I, and she said, I love doing taxes. And I thought, again, you know, there's somebody who loves doing what you're not strong at. You know, very few people are going to say, I love doing taxes, right? She does. She just yeah. loves to do those, that sort of process and working through numbers and all of that sort of stuff. I think a lot of pastors don't recognize that the very thing they're not good at, somebody God has provided a strength and a wisdom, and even they'd like to do it, but because you either hang on to it too long or feel like I can't give it to anybody, it always drags, you know? And the, the, wisest thing you can do is become open-handed and either you know get an executive pastor or get somebody to raise up a leader for it or let let it go and let god pick it up you know people sound if i let it go you know a ball will drop that's okay what happens if somebody ends up catching the ball you know and and running forward so yeah leadership is is that vision and that lead pastor often thinks that that they're the only uh, uh, one with vision. And that is true about ultimately that anointing of that church. But again, going back to that church model of people are gifted all around you Absolutely. to expand that uh, um, vision well beyond you. And yeah. 
this is a whole nother message about, again, we were, there's kind of a theme here uh, about that title. And if that pastor feels like their worth is linked to building that name uh, or that with that vision that God's given them, they're missing a huge opportunity of really what the church is. And that is equipping people and releasing them to do far, far more. You know, John Maxwell says, Nathan, that uh, really leadership and management is taking someone that can do it 80% as well as you can and and managing the other 20%. Yeah. And, uh, and that is this idea of releasing, giving someone the opportunity uh, to use their giftings, uh, to celebrate it. We talked about that before we started the, Absolutely. Uh, podcast celebrating the gifts that God's brought around you. And uh, I can just from experience know learning this the hard way um, yeah. that uh, the vision that God's given you um, will go well beyond you when you give it away. And, and, you and it grows. Wouldn't you agree, Jonathan? Like I, I'm my own personal study this month. I'm, I'm in the book of Acts, right? So I've been able to go through Acts 7 through Acts 9 over, the, over this week. And you know what happens every time we release somebody, be it Stephen, you know, they say it's not good for us to wait tables. We should be doing praying and ministering the word. They choose seven men full of good works and the Holy Spirit. You know what that says? And they grow. Paul comes along. He gets converted from Saul. As soon as they send him out, you know, uh, this is a, it grows. We actually stifle our growth by not releasing people to do what they're called to do and maintaining things that we're not called to do, right? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, in all those examples, it's not growth necessarily just by addition. Yeah. It's multiplication. It's, yeah. ex- it's exponential. Exponential, growth. yeah, absolutely. When, it, when uh, releasing the work of the ministry happens, when development happens, when yeah. you properly develop someone uh, to take the vision God's given you it exponentially grows beyond just you. Why do you think pastors struggle with that? Struggle to let things go, struggle to, to let somebody else do something. Well, I, I, there's a number of answers to that. And we alluded to it earlier. Sometimes it's identity. Uh, I think sometimes it, it really is. Um, they think uh, they lose if they give something away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that God has to do kind of that internal heart change. Uh, in them. Uh, I think also it is a little bit, maybe not so much uh, of, of the spiritual dynamic, but it really is um, maybe just a lack of understanding about, uh, again, the organization yeah. and um, that the skill that is required to develop someone to take your vision um, and, and run with it so that it can grow exponentially. They just don't have that skill. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the, that, that, the passion that I have to come alongside yeah. pastors, uh, to take the vision that God's given them and watch it be most effective in, in a exponential way. Yeah. And, um, and, and that really is about giving it away. You know, one of my mentors, Matt Keller, he talks about that most of the time we're usually one staff change away from some kind of breakthrough. And I think many times that's either the removal of a bad staff who's bottlenecking or it's the addition of the right staff. That could be an internal, that could be an external. How are you seeing that sort of thing play out? Yeah, um, 
of course, the bottleneck of, yeah, is having the sermon of who's holding you back. And a lot of times, you know, uh, that's a difficult thing uh, in church to, to let someone go or to prune um, your staff. And, and sometimes that unlocks the growth is getting just that sideways energy or that negative energy out of your organization. Um, and, but finding the right people and, and celebrating their gifts and, and releasing them, putting, giving them an opportunity, resourcing them for success and then managing it through relationship, um, is, is oftentimes where, um, plateaus are broken. Yeah. And, and I know, um, sometimes it requires out of the box thinking, but Nathan, it really just, again, if I can encourage those out there to, to uh, know that God is bringing people around you yeah. uh, to, uh, to take you to those next levels, even on a personal level, even my relationship with you, Nathan, yeah. you know, that, that it's through relationships that God unlocks uh, dreams in your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and we're, we're relational beings. God created us to do that, to be that way. Yeah. And so uh, whether that's that, that pastor that is alone, you need a tribe, you need encouragement, you need yeah. people in your life that you allow to call you out. But then specifically to your church staff, or even if, you, if you're starting out, that launch team, that, those volunteers that you yeah. have, the gifts that God brings to your church are and your ability to steward them well is ultimately Absolutely. where the fruit of the vision that God's placed in your heart will be realized and yeah. um, having that passion to develop those around you. You made a great statement there about how we're relational beings. I know that sometimes in ministry we can get so project oriented, we stop being people oriented, yeah. and we think about just pulling off services or pulling off an event. But, you know, if you scope out over a season of ministry, it's really the relational engagements uh, downward, who you're discipling, peer-to-peer, and upward, you know, who, who you're following. Uh, I've seen that the, the relational side is really often the missed topic um, and missing what God is doing. Sometimes what God is doing most in your life and ministry is not through your projects, but it's through the people that you're engaging with. And yeah. uh, and definitely the trap there would be, you know, the profession of ministry, yeah. you know, going Sunday to Sunday and pulling, yeah, sure. off, minute, pulling off ministry that you forget that it's about people. Yeah. But Nathan, you and I also know that a lot of times that pastor out there um, needs to be challenged because of hurt. Yeah. Um, and that uh, closes them off to uh, allowing people in. Sure. Uh, you get burned and then you shut, you shut the gate. I'll do it all myself. I'm not getting burned again. And it's a line. It's a trap of the enemy that yeah. will stifle the vision God's given you. Yeah, no, that's right. You said something earlier, but before we started our recording, talking about uh, external uh, executive pastors, coaching, virtual XPs. Talk me through that. It's sort of an iteration that's coming about as people are, I'm finding pastors who are planning now saying, I don't want to do everything myself. I want to be healthy. I don't just want to be busy. And what, what voices do I need in the mix? How are people coming to you? What are you doing to help giving some coaching discipleship to 
uh, people that are in that situation? Well, we have uh, um, a, a side project, Restore Church Consulting, um, that uh, again is birthed out of this passion that the lead pastor has the vision that God's placed them uh, to meet a need in the community, to to uh, to proclaim some aspect of their story to their people, to their community, to make an impact um, in, in, in where they're called. And um, because we aren't to do this alone, uh, and many times when uh, a church is starting, uh, the finances aren't there for staffing, especially that kind of executive pastor role in the church organization. And so Restore Church really is birthed out of, again, that heart to come alongside and help a pastor. Right. Um, and uh, there's a number of ways that that can be done. Uh, again, I just believe it is through relationship. It is a relational thing. Um, but uh, it, there are some practical um, uh, lessons, systems, tools that um, uh, Restore Church Consulting can come alongside and help a lead pastor go to that next level. Maybe it is at the beginning, but maybe there's a, just a plateau. Yeah. And sometimes that outside perspective is a healthy, healthy thing that can unlock, you know, uh, the, the exponential growth that um, maybe a pastor can't see because they're in the forest. Um, maybe they just need the encouragement and the coaching and the development yeah. um, to, uh, and someone to challenge them to think th differently. All those um, skills are, are there. And, and, and really, it's an XP for hire. And um, uh, it's virtual. Um, again, I believe it's, it, it will grow into relational. Um, it's not just a business transaction because I just, I just don't believe that that's what church is. Um, but it's everything from planning, uh, process management, and then really this idea of organizational development, how to, uh, use the people that God has brought around you, whether it's staff or volunteers to equip them and develop them to take the vision God's given that pastor, uh, to see that exponential growth. That's really the heart behind, yeah. um, what restore is, is, is all about. So somebody's out there listening. They're saying, man, I wish I could talk with Jonathan. I'd love to, because you just said something great about having voices, you know, adding voice. And that's, I think who you have, what voices you have at the table, no matter what level of ministry you're in is, is critical, right? There's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. Um, somebody wanted to get a hold of you, Jonathan, maybe talk with you and, and talk about some consulting. Where would they do that? Uh, you go to restorechurchconsulting.com. Um, there's more information about some of the services that Restore uh, can offer your church, but uh, there's a simple form to fill out uh, there online, and it gives us enough information uh, in order to best uh, help you. And one of the questions I love about it in, in that is, what do you feel is the one thing that's holding you back? Yeah, it's the one thing you're most discouraged about. Maybe you don't even know how to answer that question. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a lot of times it really uh, it is, uh, is a mystery. Um, but that will kind of script what services that um, we can come alongside and help. And um, whether it is a, a, a monthly call, um, whether it is helping lead um, staff meetings for a season, 
being a part. Maybe it's an on-site on-site visit that's required. Um, and um, uh, maybe it just is that personal relationship, Nathan, that um, um, is needed um, in, in this, your season of ministry. Either way, uh, that's what we're um, had the vision to, to help. And again, 85% of churches can't break that 200 barrier. Yeah. And I think oftentimes it, it is a simple solution of, of developing the gifts that God's placed in your church. And, and so we want to help churches do that. We want to help churches be the most successful um, um, enterprises um, in a community uh, yeah. to advance the gospel and to make Jesus famous in their city. Well, Jonathan, we appreciate you being on the podcast today. We know that people are going to get a lot from hearing from guys like you who've got experience and are really doing it. If you want more information, you can go to RestoreChurchConsulting.com. Check us out at StarChurch.com slash podcast. Jonathan, thanks so much for being with us today. Nathan, thanks so much for you and your organization and what you do for the local church. Uh, we're partners with you, and uh, we got the same mission. So uh, love what you're doing. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.